0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Adam Klosoviak from Close Guitars. We had an awesome conversation all about how they're uh, disrupting the guitar industry, making guitars uh, out of a product that you wouldn't think of. You guys are going to have to listen uh, to this episode, how they grew uh, from 2015 on being mainly a D2C brand and are starting to find other sales channels that are really starting to explode their brand. Super inspiring. You guys are going to want to listen to this episode. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world. But we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post-iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow. On today's episode. Someone on my team thought I either had superpowers or woke up at 5am to crunch client numbers. Turns out, I just used Triple Whale. Yeah, that's what one of their customers said, and he may be onto something. No one has to know the secret weapon to your success is Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform built to accurately pinpoint your ad spend across networks, making you look like the smartest person in the room. Their robust app helps you clarify your campaign's performance so you can run smarter, faster, more effective ad spends in real time and reap the rewards. Are you a genius? Only one way to find out. Guys, want to take Triple Whale for a spin? Stop by triplewhale.com slash upgrowth and use promo code UPGROWTH for 15% off. Now onto today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I'm joined by Adam Klosowiak from Close Guitars. Adam, that is the last time I'm going to say your last name. Welcome to (laughs) Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Adam, for people who don't know anything about you or anything about Close Guitars, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, so I'm the co-founder and CEO of Close Guitars, which we make carbon fiber instruments. So we make a travel guitar, dreadnoughts, ukuleles, electric guitars now, and basses as well. Awesome. When did you guys start? We started in 2015. Yeah, February 2015. And the first three months, we're kind of piecing things together. And officially, May 2015, we incorporated Awesome. So,
0: where did you see like a need in the market? Was there something that like with this product that you were like, ah, we can't get it here, or we can do it better? What did that look like, and, and how did you identify that?
1: Yeah, great question. So, I was doing electrical engineering at Princeton, and I was getting into more entrepreneurship than guitars or anything guitar related. And my brother was a mechanical engineer at byu and he had to design a product for a class and he played guitar and was also working with composites in one of his classes and so he thought it'd be a fun challenge to make a carbon fiber guitar and i was visiting him out on a ski trip and he asked if i could you know submit it to a business competition at his school and that's kind of when i started doing my digging and my market research and it turned out that the problem really was that carbon fiber guitars were extremely expensive. And, you know, the benefit of a carbon fiber guitar is that it's very durable. You don't have to worry about damaging it both passively from temperature humidity differences, but also actively from dropping it. And so it is a great material yeah. to solve that. Uh, And, you know, it's taken over many other industries like hockey, tennis, et cetera. But in guitars, it's always been very expensive. And so what we were solving for was to make an affordable version of that.
0: So you don't have to worry like about humidity or heat or any of that kind of stuff with these guitars? No, not at all.
1: Yeah. So often when you walk into a guitar store, there is a section there for the humidified, very expensive wooden guitars. And, you know, if you have a nice guitar, an arid environment, dry or super humid, you know, that wood will start warping from the tension of the strings. Yeah. So you can do absolutely nothing and your instrument will break. So uh, yeah. it, it's, it's a big problem, especially for nice instruments.
0: Yeah. I uh, I actually keep mine. Uh, I, I've got a fair, fairly nice guitar that I've had for years. I, uh, you know, before business, I was like, that's what I did when I was a musician and had a lot of fun, you know, oh, going awesome. around playing shows and all that kind of stuff. And I keep that guitar under lock and key because I'm like, yeah. And then always make sure humidity is okay. And so that sounds incredible. What about resonance? Like, does
1: it have the same kind of resonance as wood? So I would guess that 98% of people, if you were to give them a blind test of playing, you know, two carbon guitars and two wooden guitars... Almost everyone wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, the thing is, you know, carbon fiber instruments you build from the ground up. So you know, you choose how many layers of carbon fiber you want, how much resin, the type of resin, the weave pattern in the soundboard. You know, how much thickness do you want between layers? So there's so many elements that we control that really the sound that you want is something that's very intentional. And and really, when you know, yeah. wood. There are also many different types of woods, but at the end of the day, you're cutting down a tree and shaping the wood yeah. to become a guitar. So you almost have more uh, variables to modify building it from scratch like we do. Yeah.
0: So Adam, let's, let's talk about your business model and how you guys got started. So you started in 2015. That's when you incorporated. What was it like entering the direct consumer market in the instrument and guitar space?
1: Yeah. So it was, the cool thing was we knew nothing about business. I didn't even know what the word marketing meant when we started. (laughs) <laughs> didn't know what supply chain was. Uh, I was Googling all these terms. And, you know, my background was semiconductor physics, and Ian's was also quite technical. So, what we quickly found was that the guitar industry moves pretty slowly. And things like, you know, you can install a Facebook Pixel Chrome extension to see if there's a Pixel installed on a website. And early on, I noticed that all these Top sites, Fender, Gibson, no one had pixels installed. So no one was tracking traffic. Classic, classic these big brands like. Yeah yeah and so so early on, you know we we started with crowdfunding we we built one it took a few hundred hours to build one guitar. We took a lot of pictures of it, making it look like we had a lot more than one. <laughs> and then we launched our first co- crowdfunding campaign. We sold seventy it took about a year to build seventy and in the process, we made a two version and launched another crowdfunding campaign and crowdfunding for us, became a product launch platform versus a company launch platform, which I think many brands would kind of yeah. agree with that. And yeah, and then we you know, we started our website on Wix, moved to Shopify eventually. But the key thing in the beginning was that that feeling of we were doing what many other industries were doing. Like that was kind of the time that Casper Mattress was making waves, Warby Parker, those yeah. were all kind of the hype. But no one was thinking about that in the guitar industry. And so we felt like yeah. although we were at Small Fish. We are using some of these new tools in a very outdated industry to do something cool with a very innovative material. Uh, so that was kind of the feeling initially.
0: Is there pushback when people are ordering online that they want to, to play the guitar and that they want to like have that sort of music store experience before actually purchasing?
1: There was definitely initially, and there still is. And I think that will always be slightly the case, but we are just moving into an era where people are okay with buying everything online that I think with good customer service and good customer experience you can solve for a lot of those hesitations, you know, free 30 day returns. You can, if you call close customer service, our hotline, you generally talk to our production manager. So really? Yeah, there are a lot of ways to make someone more comfortable with buying an instrument, which, which, you know, an instrument is the type of thing that you want to play, you want to feel, you want to hear how it sounds. Does it resonate with you? Will this be an instrument that you're going to pour, you know, potentially thousands of hours into? So we do a pretty good job of trying to mitigate that hesitation, but I think music stores will always be a special place in every community to both bring musicians together and customers together. And so that is one of the reasons why we don't necessarily view music stores as competition. It's just kind of another sales channel that we also want to work with. For sure. It's interesting how like,
0: even though I buy almost everything online, I still want to go in to the, especially the music store just culturally. It's just like such a great place. We actually had a really sad experience the other day in Vancouver going into the Tom Lee there. And it used to be this like massive, like, three-story building and now like my one of my business partners is a great drummer and he said the drum room could barely even house one kit wow and uh (laughs) it's sad because you don't want you don't want to see those retail locations shut down because it's like i don't know growing up that was like that was our fun thing that we went and did but at the same time You know, not everybody has that like in a small town and even bigger cities, like maybe they can't even house, you know, full music store like that, right? And they can't afford to stay open. So having an option like this is incredible. Let's talk marketing for a
1: little bit here, Adam. Where did you
0: guys see your success
1: and your growth
0: in the early days?
1: So in the very early days, we did this funny little exercise where uh, because the instruments were so durable, we were trying to think of what are some ways we can show that off in a funny way that would potentially go viral on Facebook. Uh, You know, everyone was trying to go for virality. So we went to the golf course, and we filmed playing golf with our guitar. And, you know, we teed <laughs> off with the guitar, uh, we putted with it, did everything from start to finish, and we kind of made a really fast clip golfing with a closed guitar. And that was in 20, yeah, 2015, that got 3 million views in, you know, a couple wow. weeks. And after that, we did kayaking, baseball, played tennis with it. So. Initially, we were trying to think, okay, you know, we've got a new material that's innovative, we almost have nothing to lose as far as a brand goes, because our brand is so new. And we have these tools that it seems like other guitar companies aren't using. So let's combine all these things in a funny, endearing way to get traction. And that did help us get a ton of early traction. And, you know, as the brand built up, I think we got into a little bit more traditional marketing, which at the end of the day, sound is extremely important. So, you know, now it's kind of, you know, people know carbon fiber is durable, but even like you asked earlier, one of the first questions is, but what does it sound like? And so uh, convincing people the sound is good is, very important, which often people will look at ads with no audio on social media. So that's a challenge to get people to actually listen to the ad. But but yeah, that was kind of the early days Facebook, Instagram doing things to catch people's attention. They are very visually appealing. They look extremely different than your normal wooden guitar. And so that also is a big benefit for us. Totally.
0: This month's sponsor is Triple Whale. Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform clarifies your ad performance across marketing channels, keeping you instantly in the know. Go to triplewhale.com slash upgrowth and use promo code upgrowth for 15% off today. Now back to today's episode. Well, let's, let's go now to 2022, you know, a lot of brands are struggling, you know, Q1 was brutal. Uh, You know, we've talked about that on here, uh, a lot of brands had a hard time, you know, gaining any market share, having any sort of increases. I think a lot of people were talking about, you know, being flat year over year was a massive win. What's working for you guys in 2022 so far?
1: So I know this is mainly e-commerce focused, but and this is, I think, very related to all e-commerce brands, but we have found 2021 for us was the year of sales channel diversification, pouring effort into Amazon in addition to Shopify and sort of starting to feel out retail again towards the end of the year. The pandemic had a pretty... Crucifying effect on our retail efforts uh, that we started in early 2022. But we found that, you know, unlike that store you mentioned in Vancouver, the stores that were left that we would talk to were all saying that they had record years. Uh, many of them had wow. kind of launched their own online stores. So the stores that remain now in the music industry are all very solid. And so awesome. what we've been focusing on in Q1 and we've, we've doubled our dealer count in just this past Q1 is wow. we've just been Congrats. calling- That's huge, Adam. Yeah, thanks. I'm really excited about it. And I think it has absolutely massive potential. We go to a new marketplace, we look at who has the best Google reviews, and we call the store. (laughs) And we just talk to them about close guitars, we talk to them about what sells well, what we found is working. And yeah, we still have 21 states to go as far as having a dealer in every state. And most countries are still on the table. But I think that that's a very effective channel to open up if you can do it. Guitars, we have the benefit where if, if you want to buy a guitar, what do you search? Guitar store. And there are guitar stores. Yeah. There are many other yeah. products like like the other brand, uh, Skillboard balance products. If you want a balance product, you can't search balance store and find that. So we we have the benefit of having a very categorized retail channel. And it's a channel that you can put active effort into. I think one scare that we had towards the end of last year was that when iOS 14 disrupts your tracking and you can't necessarily get the e-commerce results that you need, you sometimes feel like you have no power over this somewhat random channel. Mm. And retail provides a very active outlet. You know, you can always call more stores. You can always do more active sales, and that just yeah. complements e-commerce very well. And my long-term vision is that I think being in more stores is actually going to both improve store sales and improve e-commerce sales because now you'll have a positive feedback loop from both of those channels. You'll have people who. One will never buy a guitar online. They'll want to buy it in the store. Then you'll see people who see it in the store, but aren't ready to make a big purchase. But now that they're convinced, they'll buy it anytime online. And so those two will work in unison together. And that's kind of the theme of 2022 for us.
0: Adam, I love it. It's similar to that same sort of idea with people being like, "Ah, I'm not going to go on Amazon. I don't want to go on Amazon. But like, really, it works both ways, right? These, all of these channels will work exactly both ways. Uh, interesting thing. I've talked about this lots in this podcast, and guys, you can just you know skip ahead thirty seconds if you've been listening to this for a while. But <laughs> we do post purchase surveys at all the brands that we own, and all the brands actually that we help at uh, Upgrowth Commerce as well. And one of the interesting things that we found is that on average, about seventeen percent of people who are first time customers on our website found out about us through retail. So so seventeen percent boost of sales plus. You know, we're, we're making money on, on retail and there's maybe there's times where it doesn't make sense, but it is a, just another marketing channel that also happens to make you money. So I'm, I'm totally. huge on brands going into retail like this is secrecy to scaling your e-commerce brand, right? And I think that that's really important that yes, you may have been D2C first, but you are a brand getting out there and trying to to grow and help people in whatever way you can. So I just wanted to throw right. that in there as well.
1: Yeah, one of the things that really hit me a few months ago was that, you know, if you're, you know, for guitars at least, if we're a guitar brand that's not in a guitar store, then a guitar store serves as the hub of all conversation about music happening. And not only are we not coming up in that conversation, but we're actively being left out because. A music store owner has nothing to gain if they don't carry your instruments, because they're not going to sell anything. So they in won't yours. talk about you. Yeah, they won't talk about you. So, you know, thousands of conversations in these hubs around the country are happening and we're not in them. And it would only make our brand much, much stronger to be in those key conversations. And so I, I think, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, it really increases the brand and that will increase all channels. Yeah, absolutely. Adam I got
0: to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling?
1: I would say a lot of hard a lot of hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, there's so much work to do that I don't think it's raw intelligence or super creativity or something kind of unattainable. It's really having a plan and putting in a lot of time to execute it. And it's the type of answer that I hope is motivating to to certain people who have a plan. And they just want to get through it because I think if you put in the work, you often will see a lot of results. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great answer,
0: Adam. I love that. I got three questions left for you. I hope that you are ready. Yeah, let's hear it. Perfect. First question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now?
1: Right now, it would be Pipedrive. It's our CRM for expanding into retail. So along the theme of of dealer expansion, Pipedrive's really been making it easy to keep a lot of dealers sorted and have the conversations scheduled and not let anything slip through the cracks awesome. Awesome. That's great.
0: Yeah, guys, anybody who's in going into wholesale, find a good CRM customer relationship management tool. Uh, incredibly important. Don't rely on, cl- on Klaviyo or Klaviyo for that type of relationship. You really need something dedicated. Uh, so whatever CRM you use, Pipedrive is great. HubSpot has a free version as well, though. They'll, they'll, they'll get you uh, eventually. So uh, any of those are absolutely amazing. Uh, Adam, second question for you. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to?
1: I really like the How I Build This podcast. The thing that I like the most there that's motivating for me is uh, it seems like every founder has had so many things go wrong along the way. And it really, it really is important to remember that uh, because it's not always good days and that's fine. Not every day has to be, but the bad days make the good ones even better. Yes.
0: Awesome. I love your reasoning for that. That's, that's great.
1: (laughs) I got one last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody,
0: you get an hour with them. Uh, Can't be Elon Musk, but it has to be somebody who's alive.
1: Who would it be? I would probably say Phil Knight. His book was one of the most motivating books for me as an entrepreneur, Shoe Dog. And I would love to just dig into his story a little bit more and and hear how he went through all the different stages of success because he's pretty much had all of them. (laughs) Success and
0: failure. And uh, like what a motivating... If you guys haven't listened to Shoe Dog, what a motivating book for any entrepreneur – to be like, oh, yeah, that's what Phil Knight went through at Nike. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can, for I can, that too, you know, like having <laughs> totally. And this was before all of the credit, you know, I don't think that we even realize how lucky we are when it's like, oh, cash is a little tight right now. Oh, what can I do? Oh, I don't know. There's 75 different places I can potentially go right. for cash. Back then, it was like you go to your bank, you have one relationship with your banker. And if they don't like you or they don't believe in you and you're not fitting the mold exactly, then they're like, no. No, we're yeah. not giving you money. And in fact, we're taking this line of
1: credit back or whatever. So
0: we're, we're so lucky in 2022.
1: Totally. Same with supply chain too. We need anything. You can Google it on, yes. on Alibaba. Back then, you know, you fly to Japan and meet with a factory and then write them a letter. Yes, yes. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> exactly. Pretending like you're a big company. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, there's so, there's so many lessons from Shoe Dog. That I feel like people need uh, to get, maybe, you know what, maybe one day I'll have Phil Knight on. That would oh, be a that'd be that'd great. Be the dream, you know? <laughs> Definitely let me know. Yes, yes, absolutely. Adam, so great to have you on. Really great conversation. Where can people find out more about you and more about Close Guitars?
1: So closeguitars.com is Close Guitars' website. And my email is probably the best place. Uh, just Adam at Close Guitars, if anyone needs to reach me. Awesome. And that's closed Guitars with a K, K-L-O-S guitars. That's right. Awesome.
0: Adam, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.